0: The Bible reading is from John, chapter 3, verses 5 to 8, and then 16 to 17. Jesus speaks with Nicodemus. Jesus answered, "'Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God "'unless they are born of water and the Spirit. "'Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit.' You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, thanks, technology, who'd have it? Oh, I'm too old for technology. Constantly on the phone to my family saying, what do I do with this? I've got this on my screen, what does it mean? And they all go, mum. Any, anybody else old here? Neighbor? Yes. I remember when Harley was baptised here. I think you had to listen to me then as well, didn't you? I think you had to listen to me then as well. Sorry. (laughs) So lovely to have you here. I think probably everyone in this room this morning would agree with this. Life is unpredictable life is uncertain and when my babies were young I remember, I had four of them and I remember lots of sleepless nights walking the floor rocking the babies wondering about the future wondering what on earth their future would be like I used to wonder what they'd grow up like. Would I even like them when they were grown up? There's one sitting at the back right now. So I should say quickly, I like you a lot. And then you'd wonder things like, will they have health problems? Well, Sophia, you already know about that one, don't you? will they have problems at school might they be bullied could they have accidents all sorts of things race through your minds when they're tiny what sort of talents will they have could they be musical, artistic might they be sporty they might be the next David Beckham you never know they might be scientists who knows but you wonder a lot when these babies are in your arms or at least I used to any mum here relate to that You do. I'm glad somebody gets it. You do. There's a few around here that do. And then, of course, you begin to look at the wider world, and your heart drops if you watch the news on the telly and you see riots on the street, you see bombs being dropped. You wonder about your child in that environment. You wonder about things like unemployment. Will they be able to get jobs? Will they be in debt? What about social collapse when you don't know your neighbours? What about what's happening in the Middle East? It's horrific. What if Donald Trump presses the nuclear button and our minds can race and race with the what-ifs and what-abouts? And maybe you're not terrible pessimists like me. Maybe you're very optimistic and you don't wonder about these things. But I think a lot of us do. And uh, my daughter-in-law said to me, only this weekend, what sort of world have we brought our children into when we watch the news together? Well, the great thing is that this morning I can bring you one certainty, one thing you can be absolutely sure of, it was in our reading and if we could have uh, John 3.16 up that would be great thank you before you go this morning this verse tells you that God loves us so much that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life and we can all know before we leave this room today that if the worst comes to the worst, comes to the worst, comes to the worst, we can know where we're going after this life. The promise is that we can know that we have eternal life. And it's a wonderfully comforting, wonderful thing to live with. And when my husband died at the age of 39 and I was left with four little ones, I knew where he'd gone because he believed this verse. Now this believing that it talks about is more than a sort of uh, intellectual belief, like we believe that uh, Queen Victoria lived, that Nelson lived, won a few battles here and there, got a column somewhere or other. We believe all that, but this belief is an understanding of what Jesus did for us. Lots of people make the mistake of believing that if they pile enough up enough good stuff, it will outweigh the bad stuff in their lives. That if we do enough good deeds, we raise enough money for charity, we volunteer, we're good to our grannies, we pay our taxes and our best fares. And if we believe there's enough of those good things, they'll outweigh the bad things. And there's this verse coming up in the book of Ephesians in the Bible that we should read. It's by God's grace that you can be saved through faith. It's not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. So you see, if we thought we had to do lots and lots of good things to get our eternal life, we'd all be vying against one another. Well, you know, I'm better than her. I'm a much nicer person. I've given more to charity. And we would start boasting. And this scripture tells us there's no point boasting because it's by God's grace Don't worry about him. I don't mind him at all. Let him wander. (laughs) Our eternal life does not depend on being good. It depends on our belief. And this is the most, how can I put it? It's the most horrendous injustice ever in life. That God's Son, who was perfect and did nothing but good when he came to earth, was tortured and crucified so that this would become a possibility that we could have (coughs) eternal life. It's the most amazing thing that we need to understand and believe from our gut down here. Because, you see, our God is a holy God, and sinful people can't enter into his presence. So in order to do that, someone must take the responsibility for all our wrongness. The Bible calls it sin. And Jesus did that for us when he was on the cross. He took responsibility for all my rottenness, all my bad temper, all my pride all my guilt of every sort and he's done that for you and the big question this morning for you and me is do we believe it and if we believe it and we get it from the bottom of our hearts here then we know for certain when we go out of this room that if the worst comes to this we'll go to him in heaven what jesus did on the cross is the most amazing thing that we need to get a grip on in our lives and need to understand and it's in, it's at that point of confession and belief when we come to him we admit our rotten, rottenness and we say thank you for what you've done for us on the cross that our spirit comes alive, and that was in the the John three part of the reading at the beginning of the reading. Sorry, I've missed one out, Andrew. That's it. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus replied that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. A person is born physically of human parents, but is born spiritually of the spirit do not be surprised because I tell you that you must all be born again. And it's at that point of confession and belief in Jesus that our spirit becomes alive and suddenly we can communicate with our God. Suddenly we have a two-way conversation with God suddenly we know how amazing he is he becomes he becomes our run out of words more than our right hand man he walks with us he talks with us he helps us he loves us he loves us and loves us and loves us and loves us and your children when they grow up will have to make this decision for themselves Nobody else can make it for them, as you have to make that decision for yourself. No one else can make that choice. It's their choice. And so whilst you baptize them today and ask the Lord's blessing on them, when they're older and they understand these things for themselves, they'll have to make that choice for themselves. And I pray that they do. When we come to that point of confession and belief, we come into God's favor. He's on our side. It's amazing and we discover there are lots of other promises in this book for us there's a lovely one in hebrews that tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us here it is keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have for god has said i will never leave you i will never abandon you not a lovely promise not a lovely thing pray over your children every day God loves you he'll never leave you and he won't abandon you whatever happens he'll always love you he'll never leave you and never abandon you there's another lovely one in Ephesians chapter 3 and it says to him by means of his power working in us is able to do so much more than we can ever ask for or even think of So sometimes I've prayed for things in my life and I've expected a small answer and what I've got is a big answer. It's been so much more than I could possibly have expected. And if you ask lots of these people in conversation who are sitting in these pews today who know Jesus, they would tell you the same thing. That he always does more than you can ask or think. It's amazing. It's lovely to be in God's favour. And the last one is that God wants to supply all our needs with his abundant wealth. He doesn't have a limited bank balance like you and me. He has abundant wealth. And he's going to supply all your needs. Maybe not all your wants, but certainly all your needs. He's faithful and loving and loves you. don't remember anything else this morning, remember this. God loves you. He adores you. Every one of you, just as you are. Not a cleaned up version of you, not a slimmer version of you. He loves you, just as you are. And I want to finish by reading you a passage that was written... Uh, by a man who tortured Christians. He thought that was great to get rid of all these people who believed in Jesus. Let's knock them off. Let's stone them to death. That was his joy in life. And then God met him and he had this amazing encounter with God. Absolutely amazing. And God took that man who was a torturer and turned him right round. And instead of being against Jesus... He was for him, and he wrote this. Who will accuse God's chosen people? God himself declares them not guilty. Who then will condemn them? Not Christ Jesus, who died, or rather who was raised to life and is at the right-hand side of God, pleading with him for us. I think that's amazing. Jesus is at this moment praying for me as I talk to you and praying for you as you listen to me. I think that's wonderful. Who then can separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble do it or hardship or persecution or hunger or poverty or danger of death as the scripture says? For your sake, we're in danger of death all the times. We're treated like sheep that are going to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we have complete victory through him who has loved us. For I am certain that nothing can separate us from his love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, or other heavenly rulers or powers, not the present or the future, not the world above or the world below, there is nothing in all creation that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours through Christ Jesus. Don't you think that's wonderful? And how wonderful if this were the first advent when you took Jesus at his word And said, I'm going to believe it. Come with me. Walk with me in my life. I'm a mess. Sort me out. Thank you that you love me. And let me celebrate you this Christmas as my Lord and my Saviour. Amen. Oh, yeah, I got your mic.